Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate rental properties so you never, ever have to work a job again. And I'm super excited to share with you guys. I'm interviewing a fantastic success story from the Real Estate Wealth Builders, my student community here, as well as a one-on-one coaching. I'm bringing on Haley and Trevor. They are fantastic investors. In fact, they just house hacked and bought a house and are living in one unit. The other unit is rented and they're making money and they're gonna be able to do it all over again. It's such a fantastic opportunity for them. They did some great, great work. So you're gonna hear in this interview how they did it and how you can too. And you can actually watch this entire interview. I actually recorded it and Trevor, Haley and myself are all on the same screen. So if you go to my YouTube channel, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash YouTube, you will be able to see everything that we're talking about. And I want you to become a subscriber of my YouTube channel because I'm giving out so much more great real estate investing information on the YouTube channel, subscribe. And if you do subscribe, let's do this. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to actually get my best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties in PDF form and audiobook. I will literally give that to you completely for free. All you need to do is send me a screenshot. Take that screenshot of you subscribing that basically the subscribe button is now grayed out instead of being red. I want you to take a screenshot of that and send it to hello at masterpassiveincome.com. Hello at masterpassiveincome. It literally comes to me. It doesn't go to anybody else, but hello at masterpassiveincome.com. Send that screenshot to me and I will give you my best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties in PDF and audiobook format completely for free. I've actually had many people already do that and get my book for free and get so much more great real estate investing information on my YouTube channel. I really would like to see more and more people invest in real estate. All right, you guys are fantastic. Let's jump in today's show where we're going to be talking with Trevor and Haley about how they house hacked and how they became successful investors and will continue to build their business. All right, let's do this. Trevor and Haley, thank you so much for being with me on the show. Now, I remember when we first started working together, we started thinking about how we can start investing, what you guys want to do. You already did have a little bit of a plan about, you know, the direction, maybe house hack or something like that. What got you guys in that path of wanting to invest in real estate as opposed to, you know, just regular renting or anything like that? Like what got you down that path? Renting seemed like a waste of money. Um, So for us, we really wanted to get into a house of our own. We've both talked about it since we met. Um, so it was really important to us to, since we got a new job, um, to get into something. And because we're truck drivers, so we're gone six days a week and we're only home for about 24 hours, sometimes a little more. And paying rent somewhere seemed ridiculous. And then on top of that, paying for a single family home just for ourselves was insane too. So we decided to go with the route of like house hacking and we got into a duplex. Um, So we have a renter in one side and we live in the other for now while we continue to invest in other properties. Very cool. Now you mentioned that you you guys are truck drivers. This is the great thing about real estate investing is just everyday people can absolutely do this. Now, 
getting from the beginning where you're starting to do in truck driving, you're starting to save money. Talk to us a little, a little bit about the lead up to where before you actually started investing, before we started working and coaching and everything, what were you guys doing before? It was just truck driving and then realized, hey, this is what I want to do. Or like, what what is that that starting from the truck driving or was it something before that? Yeah, basically, once we started that new job, we kind of were at the income level to where like, hey, we have some extra money here. What do we want to do with it? Um, and then we kind of jumped into the truck as like a five year plan. Um, just kind of like, we're going to sit here and save money for the next five years and just stick it all in the bank. And then we'll figure out from there, like start a business. We can always kind of wanted to start a restaurant or just always all kinds of little different ideas that we have um, with starting a business. And then um, she started kind of researching some um, investing podcasts. Um, and then she heard like the rich dad, poor dad, um, and then I think I did the same thing. I kind of just searched investing on my iPhone and you were one of the first podcasts that came up. Awesome. And just that, that from the very intro, like the, you know, making enough money for you to quit your job. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> him. So, um, but I think that first day I listened to like five episodes and she woke up. Um, while we were in the truck and I'm like, um, babe, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we've always kind of talked about like flipping houses. That's something like we've wanted to do. And like, I've the idea of like investing in real estate and like in general has always kind of been in the back of both of our minds. I think even I mean, far before we met and it just, it just worked out so perfectly. Yeah. we kind of like tossed around the idea of like flipping houses, you know, eventually and stuff like that. But I just, I don't think we knew how realistic it was, especially being gone all the time. And yeah, getting into your first investment, being a house hack, I think for anybody is a brilliant, brilliant way to do it. In fact, I mean, you're getting somebody else to basically pay your mortgage, which is amazing. And for you guys being on the road six days a week, I'm so for everybody listening and watching this on YouTube, you're hearing some sounds and that's basically they're the dogs. So they have dogs. I'm just curious. How do you do with the dogs for six days while you're gone? Is somebody else watching them? They come with us. Yeah. What? That is we so cool. For this. Yeah. We have two pit bulls and a little Maltese. So it's fun. <laughs> that's awesome. 140 pounds worth of dog. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So, what was the amount of money that you first got started with and realized, hey, we actually can do this? Because, you know, it, people think that you need a lot, a lot of money or you need to inherit money or something like that. But how much money did you guys have to start with? Well, so, I mean, initially when we started driving, we had pretty much no savings. Um, we were like paycheck to paycheck at the time. <laughs> um, and then once we started saving, um, I'd say we had about, we saved up $20,000 really quick. Um, it just happened <laughs> that it worked out that way. Well, when you're life. working six days a week, like all, all the time, yeah, you could you work hard and you can't do it. We basically doubled our income when we jumped in the truck. So I know that's not everybody's situation. Um, but, and then I also cashed out my 401 from my old job just to kind of be able to do some extra, you know, once we bought it, we were planning on doing renovations and stuff. Um, but yeah, so we had a good chunk of money um, I think that we, we were just ready to go. <laughs> we only put like 3500 down though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it was 3500 that we put down on our duplex. Um, we paid 173889 for it. So. Oh my goodness. That is, yeah. 
That's phenomenal. So what was it FHA loan that you used? Yeah. 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 So it's an FHA loan. And I don't know what they did. We kind of just fell into this. It was supposed to be six grand down total, I believe, or something around that number. Um, and we gave them the initial 3,500 and they never asked for more. So we, just <laughs> we got made, away with that. No like, questions asked. Like, we, we it was, it. Yeah. Cause I think like 3% of the 174 is like around six grand or whatever. And so we put the initial deposit down and they never asked for any more. I love it. Like, that's okay. <laughs> what's going to be great is so as you guys become better and better investors, you're actually going to buy a house and they're going to give you money. So those are a little more advanced strategies. We got to work a little harder at that. Um, now, what I remember when we first started coaching and you were thinking, basically, you want to do a house hack, but we're trying to figure out where you obviously are going to be living there. But you're like, well, we don't have to literally live in the exact same city that we're in now. We can go into the surrounding areas. Talk to us about how you were able to find a an area and then realize this is a possibility where we can actually buy further away from us and have that as our house hack. So I kind of I grew up um out here in West Michigan and she kind of grew up in like mid Michigan and we had been staying out with her parents. Um, but we knew we wanted to be on this side of the state cause it's closer, um, to our work hub. Um, but yeah, so I kind of knew the area. Um, and I kind of had an idea of different, like where's more expensive areas to invest and where's a little bit farther out where you can get the better deals. Um, and the first one that you're saying, like we had, we had looked at was in kind of like a depressed area, I guess our realtor explained it to us as, so it was like really good deals. We were looking at this upper lower duplex. Um, and he kind of pointed us away. Cause I remember we had emailed you like, Hey, we found one, we're going to jump on it. And you're like, all right, here's the plan. Let's move forward. But then he kind of came to us and was like, no, you don't really want to go there. And I'm glad he did that because there's still that one we were actually looking at is still on the market. <laughs> and uh, there's other renters, there's other, um, properties in the area with, with no renters. So I'm really glad we didn't go with that one. And um, that's the beautiful thing about if you do it right and you build the business first, you're going to save yourself headaches like that because you're going to have those headaches if you don't do it right. You're going to buy a bad house and you're like, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing. I can't believe people actually do this. Well, we have experts in every single area that we hire. They're the ones that actually make sure that we're going to buy the right properties because they know the right properties. So that is awesome. Great, great advice. Now, when you actually bought the house, what was the purchase price and what was the original asking price for the house? The asking price for the house was one seventy four nine. Yeah, yeah. And we went in at $164,000 and they kind of laughed in our faces. Um, so we bought it for one seventy three eight eighty nine, which was just kind of an absurd number. But we went for it um, because of the area that we're in. Duplexes aren't really widely available, especially anything that we were looking for. Um, there are some downtown Grand Rapids that and just absolutely no yard. And because we have dogs, that was something we, we needed a little bit of. Um, and then the other ones, downtown Grand Rapids too, they need a lot of work. So we got into this one, um, pretty much didn't have to do anything. Um, when we moved in, everything's pretty solid. There's a couple little minor updates that we'll have to do in the future, but yeah. And our, our realtor was like, you're crazy going in 10 under, you know, he's like, they might just not even respond to this offer. And I'm like, well, that's fine. They can take it or leave it. You exactly. know? But we're 
not paying full price, you know. So um, I was trying to trying to talk them down, but but you really, got them down a thousand dollars. I mean, that's an extra thousand dollars in your pocket. Yeah, and really in this area, because he said that's the first house that he's seen in the last five years go for under asking, and um, because really people are offering like. 10, 20,000 over asking. Cause they're not because investors like you guys are. You guys are investors. We do it right yeah. to where we're making money. Even when we buy the property, we're still making money. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that it's was, just, that was really cool. Like you said, I was kind of like feeling down about it. I'm like, man, I didn't really talk them down that much, but you're like, Hey man, you saved a grand. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> I mean, imagine paying 10,000 over. I mean, that's just right. even more money out of your pocket. Whereas you saved a thousand dollars. Plus if you look at Everything about this property now, you have, talk to us about now the mortgage and your tenant. Like how much can you rent it for now? And then when you, if and when you do move out and you actually now have the duplex where both sides are rented, how much would you make in passive income? So our mortgage ended up being a little bit more than we had hoped for. Like when we were going through the lending process, they came back with one number and like, it's going to be this much. And then they came back with a number and then, and um, I didn't learn from your mistake in Texas and ask about local taxes. Oh man. Um, so that that was a that was kind of a last minute thing too that they threw in there. It was like a village tax and we're like, what are you talking about? And so the number kept going up. But so basically our mortgage ended up being about fourteen hundred. It's just under just yeah. under fourteen hundred a month. Um but the other side rents out for nine thirty five. And that's currently in the area we can probably get quite a bit more. Um, they were only at 900 when we bought the duplex. So we increased that, um, not quite the 5% that you're allowed per year in Michigan, but um, in the future, especially now that our side is completely renovated, we should be able to get no less than like 1050 for this side, um, just with where we're at. So it's a two bad. So, yeah. So you also have the PMI. So PMI is where you're paying a little bit. It's a mortgage insurance that you have to pay. Now, if you did refinance in the future, hopefully you can remove that PMI. That would lower your total amount of expenses coming out of your pocket. And we plan to do that within the next probably year or so. so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so right now they're paying 935. And I remember as I was coaching you guys through it, we were thinking, okay, the price that they're paying is rather low. We can probably get them up. And so what we could do, we could do a number of different things. Number one, we could just kick them out. Like say, here, three day notice to vacate, 60 day notice. We could literally do that and get somebody else in there. It's kind of a jerk move, but you can, you have that option. Other options is just maybe do a six month increase or a one year increase and just gradually let them, and you're letting them know, hey, the price, the rents are about $300 above where you're at right now. We don't want to really jack it up on you and we can't, but we're going to slowly move it up a little bit to make it to where it will be um, equitable for us because, you know, we're buying it. Now, if and when you do rent out this one, you said about $1,000 for your unit right now? Somewhere around there depends on, I mean, we'll probably be here for the next five years while we're still in the truck. So it kind of just depends on how the area blows up. Everything around here is just like, I mean, prices are skyrocketing. So hopefully that. Yeah. Comparable units too, go but. for about anywhere. They go from anywhere from 800 to like 1100 a month. So we figured we're right in the middle right now, but um, like some of them, you know, they go higher, they have garages and they have, you know, just, other benefits that we don't really have here, I guess. But um, this is a suggestion. I would, I think you guys would be fantastic, especially you're thinking five years, you're definitely going to still be driving the truck. This is what I would do. Number one, 
you have the duplex, you have two units right now. And so if they're both rented, it's gonna be around $2,000. So you'll probably be pocketing around at least $500 a month at minimum from this one property if it's both rented. What I would do is I would really look quickly to in six months refinancing the house and getting into a conventional loan so to free up that FHA loan. From there, literally buy another duplex as your FHA, move into that one, you have this one now rented. So next year, you're actually gonna have three units because you're living in one. You have a you know, total of two different duplexes and you're using an FHA loan all over again. You're basically doing it all over again and you're making 600, five or 600 bucks a month from this current duplex. What do you guys think about that strategy? Um, I think it's definitely, and I mean, I think, you know, that was the whole point of signing up for your coaching. And um, I think you've got a really good system and like, because, and that was another thing I can, we skipped over that, but like when we started telling people like, Hey, we're going to start investing and we're going to, you know, we're going to do this rental property thing and people are like, Oh, you don't want to do that. And dealing with bad tenants and, you know, people destroying your properties and blah, blah, Everyone blah. There's just, yeah, there's just so many negative people out there, but it's like, and then it was so awesome to be like, after listening to you to be like, yeah, but you just do this. And yeah, but you just do this. And like, yeah, that's why you have a property manager. And yeah, that's why you build your team first. And, you know, it was just like, you have an answer for every negative thing that somebody had to say. So it was really nice. Awesome. And I think, there's always going to be, I mean, especially within families and friends, there's always going to be people that have negative things to say, but there's always going to be lessons to learn too. Like we're never, even with all of your coaching and everything we learned through that, like obviously there were still some things that we slacked off a little bit on. And I think like with every, every property, is yeah, different, so. every, and you said like, uh, you're talking about COVID and like us going through this entire process during COVID and we passed up on a lot of probably really good opportunities just because we knew we were going to be living here. And with the three dogs, we, there were a couple of things that we absolutely had to have. And the yard was the biggest thing. We had to have something for them to go outside in. and, and yeah, there were, there were dozens there was, of properties we could have just jumped on, but yeah. And good properties. Like I ran the numbers on all of them and like they all, I mean, they all worked out for the most part. I didn't go that in depth with the ones that I knew were just an absolute no, but, um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be learned with everyone. We had to, be, again, because of COVID, we sat in our car to sign our paperwork for our mortgage by ourselves. That was a little intimidating because, again, it's our first property and we had no idea what we were signing. So, but it but, worked out. But the system and, works, I think, is the, yeah, the moral, moral of the story. <laughs> but, yeah. Now, let me ask you, when you are going to be going and you know, taking that step, there's always fear that most people have when they are getting into that first property, they're really just going to pull the trigger. Do you guys have that fear? And if so, how did you guys get around that? Um, I was really afraid that we were just going to flop and lose all of our money that we put into this. <laughs> but I think for us, especially with getting into a duplex, it was like, all right, well, at least we have a place of our own and we're still making some money. And if, I mean, if worse came to worse and I did all of my math wrong and I just completely messed up, we could pay off a little bit of the mortgage and get to a point where we were making more money on the property. But I think I was just so excited um, because like being where I'm at in life, like this is my first home ever that I've purchased. Um, And so really for years I've been, you know, just watching the market. And I think the last couple of years I've tried to go and get approved and just didn't get approved for as much as I was hoping for with the job that I was working currently. Um, and so just to have the income 
and to finally like be in a position where I knew like literally any house we were looking at, we could go by. <laughs> and um, I think, yeah, just the excitement kind of carried me through it. Um, but then with the actual like loan process, that was pretty stressful. Um, it was kind of, it was an everyday roller coaster. Like, oh, this is awesome. Oh man, this really sucks. <laughs> like, it just, I feel like, I don't know. It was like, they were coming back every day. Like, oh, you, this is the wrong document or we need more of this or we need more proof of this. And it just, it that w- was really hard too, because we're not home. So yeah. I'm in California. Well, we're in California and they're like, oh, we need last week's pay stub. I can't do anything. So it, and everything took longer than it should because of that. And it was, yeah, it I was like weeks. Of they like, were kind of unorganized in that aspect. It was just one thing after another. It was like, Oh, we asked for the wrong thing. And Oh, um, we need this instead. And like we had you signed here and you should have signed here. Oh, and, uh, what is going on? Like, <laughs> like it was just really stressful. And I'm like, but I think we kind of saw, um, the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, like the end outcome, we were just like, you know, we're we committed to this and we're going to do it. And I think like she said, if, if nothing else, we had a place where, I mean, we have our own place and it's better than paying a thousand dollars in rent in an apartment somewhere and just throwing money away. Like at least this way, even though we're paying a little bit, we're still paying less than we would in rent and we're still saving money (laughs) and And, we own it. (laughs) And you own it. You're going to be able to grow the equity and everything. And at the same time, you're only paying like, what is that? Like 400 bucks, $500 maybe at most out of your pocket instead of like you said, a thousand renting someplace else and, or buying a house yourself, you'd be paying that $1,400. So now you're only paying what four or $500. And in the end, once we get rid of the PMI, that's going to drop that down even more. We get this one rented. You're going to be making a lot of money. Now, when you talked about the mortgage, that's literally going to happen every single time. Mortgage companies, they're rough. I mean, I would say they just have so many um, underwriting. Like, like the underwriters have so many criteria. Like the mortgage brokers, like it's it's always going to be like that. Like, don't think it's 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 going to get any better because it probably won't. We just got to stick through it. I have I almost walked away from a few properties because the mortgage company was just. They were doing such a horrible job, but I stuck with it. I just made myself, okay, just put up with it. Just put up with it. Now I had to literally tell myself that every single time. In fact, I just refinanced. So I'll show you a check. So I didn't even ask for money back, but I refinanced one of my houses in Texas. I got a check back for $801. I was like, I didn't ask for that back, but I got money back on my refinance. Like, okay, great. I mean, if I wanted to, I probably could have pulled out like 30 or $40,000. I didn't need to. So I didn't, I just want to get a lower interest rate. 20 year loan. But that process literally took like two and a half, almost three months. It was stupid. I was like, I have, I have enough cash. I could pay off this loan, but I don't want to because I have low interest rates. Like, what is the deal with you not giving me this loan? Like, this is so ridiculous, but it's going to happen every time. We just got to be patient. And until they literally say no, keep moving forward. Because imagine this deal. If you would have said no, or if I would have said no on other deals, we would have not had the, where we have now. So Definitely push through that. It's irritating, but you can push through. Now, what are your guys' thoughts about how quickly do you think you would be able to move in the next property? Is it going to be as hard as the first one or as the second one or third one? Do you think it's going to come easier? It'll be a little easier in the aspect of we've been through it now and have the, um, you know, just getting through that first one and the experience of knowing the questions to ask. And um, But right now, yeah, I think we got to re-go through the process and um, of setting up the business and finding a new team. Um a property manager, if we're going to go that route, all that. So we've got a few steps um, to go through first, but I think if we were going to do 
I mean, I guess right now, because we're in the FHA, we'd have to come up with a little bit more money if we were going to buy something conventional. Um, I think the first step is refinancing out of our FHA. But after that, I think within a couple of months, there should be no reason why we're not moving forward with something. My suggestion would be doing all at the same time because you can be researching, building your business, finding property managers, getting the refinancing done because you're going to have to wait a little bit because if you're going to refinance, usually it's about six months seizing period before you actually banks would be okay with a refinance. But literally start doing everything all at the same time because if you're on the road driving, you know, while while Haley's driving, you could be working and vice versa. Like just be working on Yes, absolutely. As best you can start doing all this at the same time. And that's a a lot of people when I'm coaching them, like, should I do this first? I should do this first or this first. I said, you can literally do all of them at the same time, because think of it like a timeline. If we start once here and there's three things to do, we start one and we wait until we finish that one to start the next one. Then the timeline gets longer. And then we wait until that's done before we start the next one. The timeline is very, very long when in fact we can literally do all three or however many is at the same time, as long as we don't start dropping balls and things start. But this is so simple. Like it's not easy, but it's simple. Just follow the steps. Right. You go one, two, three, and you actually, I mean, you guys are actually living testimonies to this that my goodness, if you just put your mind to it, we can absolutely do this. Now, was there any lessons learned or anything that you, other than like the mortgage, cause we definitely, that's, that's irritating, but anything else that you guys learned through this process that you could share to the rest of the audience? I guess I just say, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. <laughs> um, because I, I guess we kind of assumed a lot of things or, you know, just didn't, you don't know what you don't know. I it's guess. our first property ever. So, so we kind of like, there was things where I thought like the, the village tax, like, I feel like, I guess the realtor kind of should have just told us about that, but I don't know, <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, just making sure that you are, I don't know, I guess asking all like, and knowing what questions to ask. And that's why we were kind of in, in touch with you and like, you know, is, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? But um, I guess there were just still a few things that we missed. And yeah, just not being afraid because I mean, that's literally their job is to tell you, you know, is to inform you. Um, and so we kind of like felt bad if we were asking him questions or bothering him or calling the realtor. And it's just like, no, like that's literally their job. So like, don't be afraid to ask any question that you have. I think that's, uh, a, that's a fantastic point. And I was even like, I was even asking you guys, come on, ask me questions. Like we're coaching and I'm like, to ask me questions. I want to help you guys out. But I was like, okay, let's, 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 let's keep moving forward. Ask me questions. I want to be there for you. Now, Haley, how about you? Do you have any, any like words of advice or anything like that? I mean, aside from ask questions, I mean, that's huge, um, seriously. But I think for us, like we, I mean, we spent Building some the team. time like researching like our realtor and Um, mortgage broker. And I think we should have spent some more time doing that. (laughs) I think we should have talked to some more people. Um, And we went, we went with like their inspector and their title company. Um, So I think maybe spent taking the time to maybe research other (laughs) inspectors and title companies Um, because we kind of just like, we're like, okay, well they said this is who they always work with and they recommended them. So why not? You know? And, but I don't know. I think there was a few things that kind of got missed or blown over that could have been better. Um, I think our, like the inspection went pretty well. It wasn't as thorough as that I would have liked, but then we were, I mean, we were here walking through it because of COVID. We couldn't even see the property until we paid for an inspection. So um, we were here with the inspector basically watching him do his job. Um, (laughs) 
Aside from, yeah, just building, like spending some more time on building the team. Like I said, I don't have a property manager or we don't have a property manager for this one. So I did speak to some property managers just to kind of get a feel for the area and like what rents could be. And then I also, I mean, looked at comps and stuff, but I think in the future, that's something we're going to spend a lot more time on is taking. It's like you put all the emphasis on that for a reason. And (laughs) I mean, we kind of did our due diligence, but I guess, you know, there's always more to be done. So when you guys are going into an, Oh, hold that thought. When you guys are going in out, out of state, Absolutely. Like I will smack you upside the head if you don't do this the right way, because you must do it this right way because you're going to fall into so many traps and I'm trying to save you from all that. And so, sorry, go ahead, Haley. I think that was a lot of it too, was that it was local. And so we were just like, Oh, you know, we know the area and we know this and we know we're not doing a property manager. And so we kind of, and being the first one, I mean, I think the excitement kind of took over and, and then just all of it coming together, like, Oh, we got to jump on this property because there's not a lot of duplexes available and just kind of like, I don't know. I, it was just like, and I had been, I mean, we have been looking at properties for years. I mean, years. So it was just like, once we found one, we're like, let's just get this done. Like <laughs> we just, we just and the numbers worked out. We, we yeah. did check that first. Yeah. So. so good. <laughs> it didn't match the 1% rule exactly, but yeah, I mean, as far as, yeah, the um, income and the yeah expenses. And yeah, absolutely. And that's what I love about coaching is giving all my students as many options as possible. And then as best as we can saving money, like you made a thousand dollars from that sale, like basically got a thousand dollars off the purchase price. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's not like, it's not 50,000, but shoot a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. I mean, that's that you paid $3,500 to buy this house. That's a thousand back, you know, like basically in your pocket. So you only paid 20, uh, was it $2,500 compared to what they like the realtor would have said, no, you got to add $5,000 on top of what they're wanting. And for everybody listening and watching this, this is literally just, you just heard, this is literally during COVID. This is right now. And people are saying, well, how are you finding properties to invest in that actually make you cash flow? And like, there are plenty of properties all over the place. We just got to know how to do it. And we just need to know how to, as investors, make sure we're doing everything the right way. So does that make sense? Like, what, what are you guys' thoughts about doing everything the right way in the future? I like that idea a lot. (laughs) So our current plan, just to like bounce this off you too. um, So what we want to do is kind of like, like I said, to stay here. And then we plan on investing out of state and using property managers. Because right now I'm using Cozy to manage our tenant, which has been wonderful. But in any other property that we're not living next door, I don't want to be doing that um, just for the risk and us being gone all the time. Um, So our plan i think right now we were kind of thinking staying here and then investing out of state where prices are a little cheaper and hopefully putting as much cash down so that we can refinance pull that cash out and go buy another one so that we'd have if it's i think we're thinking more duplexes right now um just for the first couple properties because it worked out well with the first one um so that would end up what was that five units right yeah yeah I, I totally think you should do both, like literally both. Imagine buying another duplex just like you have right now for another $3,500. Like you did it all over again. I mean, you could easily scratch together $3,500 to buy another house, another duplex that you can utilize as your own personal residence and you have. And then at the same time, you're saving up money and investing in other states, which is what we do. We find other areas have property managers manage them. I would literally do both. I mean, shoot, you could easily save up $3,500 to buy another house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just I like, like getting out of the one FHA and then really the duplex, like I said, we had to, we go, we went out of our area a little bit um, to find this one. 
And one thing our realtor told us, like, because this one's a side-by-side, a lot of them that are on the market were um, uppers and lowers. Um, and they were literally everyone we saw was like off the market within a week. So he's like, if you see a side-by-side that you like, you got to put an offer in on it. And a little bit closer to town where we wanted to be, they were going for like 270. Um, yeah. So we like, that's where we'd like to be with like the big fenced in yard and a garage and all that with the dogs. Um, the rents out there are also like $1,700 a month. Yeah. So we, we could charge. Yeah. So it's like, we could go, but then we were just thinking we wanted to keep our, debt to income ratio down just with we didn't want to have a huge mortgage for our first property so what would you think about that like going into that area and having that big of a mortgage would that be like i I think it'd be a great idea especially because the rents are high as long as we always pencil out to where our passive income is going to be at least 250 dollars per per property now duplexes triplexes fourplexes and whenever i say single family home that's four units and below Multifamily would be five units and above. So if you're going to buy anything that's going to be single family home, four units and below, you want to at minimum have $250 in passive income. Now, when you get to duplex, triplexes and fourplexes, the minimum doesn't like double like two units at $500 and then $750 and $1,000. It's not necessarily that because you're, it's going to be hard to hit that. But what you would do is like $250 if it's one unit. And then if it's two units, maybe it'd be $400. Then if it's three units, you're probably about about $550, $600. And at four units, you probably want a minimum you want to get is about $750. So just keeping that in mind, because we don't invest for appreciation. Appreciation is great, but what keeps us obviously paying for our food and everything, as well as when their market does correct or there is something happening that makes literally everything go bad, we're still making money in passive income. So we don't worry about the appreciation. Appreciation will be great. But thinking about your um, question about the um, debt to income ratio, that's a good thought. But here's a big thing. As long as your income is greater and you're buying a house or a duplex or a triplex, you're buying something that's actually making you more money, your debt to income ratio, remember it's, it's debt, but then to income, you're actually making more income and so it really plays out to be in your benefit to have more properties. In debt to income ratio, do they take like monthly what the price of the mortgage would be versus like what you're making in rent and like account for that? Or are they going to just account for the entire price of the property? And then do you get what I'm saying? No, I, I do. And that's a great question. And the reason why it's a great question, maybe you might not be knowing you're asking this, but this is something you got to think about. If you're going to be buying another duplex, you cannot count on that income before you buy it. The banks will not allow you to utilize that income. So what might be good is if you're going to be doing this, um, you're going to be buying another house is let's say you move out of your current house and just put your location at your parents' house. And obviously you're driving a lot and you're trying to buy a new house. Then you can have those that duplex rented that you're currently living in now. So you have that income coming in. So it shows income because that's what they just want to prove the income and then you're not paying your own rent because you're living you know say at your parents house on paper and then you buy a duplex or a triplex or you buy something else where you're now moving into that then they're not going to be looking at your first house the duplex that you have as being a loss and so when you look at and debt to income is rather interesting how they actually do that i'm not very good at like accounting at all like i hate accounting personally really hate it And so usually I'll just ask my accountants or really actually don't even ask ask the accountant, ask your mortgage brokers, literally say, here's what I want to do. I'm going to buy this house and they'll tell you yes or no on what it, what it is. So as far as actually how it plays out, I just rely on the experts to actually do it. So I think you guys go with the same direction with getting another duplex. I think that would be fantastic. Refinance the FHA, get into conventional and then getting another duplex. But at the same time, 
we need to be building another area outside of the state that you're in, in a whole brand new area where you're going to be building it right. Like having property managers, contractors, realtors, like you're going to have the whole business set up. And then at the same time, you're going to be buying properties. You're going to be like you want like to do. You want to buy a cash, refinance, pull the cash out and do it all over again. Eventually, every single investor, we should work towards getting to where we can do that burst strategy, where we buy it with cash, eventually fix it up, rehab it and get rented and then refinance and pull the cash out and do it all over again. I mean, that's how I scaled my business so much is by just recycling that money over and over again. Does that make sense? Yeah, I really want to get into that. And I was like, something I wanted to ask is like, really just like as easy as it sounds, like you said, because if you, you have to have so much equity in the house in order to pull it back out, but then you also have to account for that higher mortgage and making enough in rent when you do refinance it, right? But it's like, as long as you cover all those numbers, and like you said, then you're just pulling that money back out and recycling it. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's really as easy as that sounds. It's just going through the steps, making sure that you're accounting for all your expenses, making sure you're accounting for your mortgage and the increase in the mortgage and making sure that you already have a business. Now, one tip that I would always give is making sure, because I have some people ask me, well, should I just do the refinance right now? I'm like, well, I, I would hold off until you absolutely know you can deploy that money into a property. Because if you got the refinance right now, you're going to be paying interest for a couple of months, maybe three, four or five, maybe a long time before you actually actually build the business, find the right property, buy it. What I would do is I would be building the business now, obviously thinking about refinancing and all that sort of stuff, but build the business right now in whatever city you're going to be investing in. And at the same time in building that business, you're getting everything lined up. You're financing your debt to income ratio. You're talking to your mortgage brokers, like literally everything lined up so that when it's time, if you're doing a refinance, you're cashing it out at the right time to actually buy the next property or the first property. So that's, uh, it's really, honestly, it's much easier than it sounds. It seems scary because all the debt and all that sort of stuff, but literally it's, as long as you're running through the numbers, you're making sure you're counting for expenses. After you've already built the business, then you could deploy that money into a property. You're going to do very, very well. And so like our lender is going to be like, okay, you own this, this, and this property. They want to see statements on each one and all that stuff. It's literally just producing documents. And- correct. Correct. And usually it'll just be your tax returns. That's really what they're going to want. Like I haven't had a job for like four years and they can't say, or they can try asking, you know, can we get a W-2? I'm like, I don't have a W-2. I don't have a job. So they just literally, <laughs> they just want to prove that I can pay the money back. In fact, I just refinanced uh, one of my income properties, one of my investment properties, refinance it to a, a lower note, and they just needed my tax returns, plus lots of documentation, like the list of all the properties, my bank accounts, they need to see all that stuff, because they just need to verify it's so much easier for them to verify a W-2 like, okay, he has a job, this is what how much you're making good, and then they check that box off when you have your own income from other places, then they just have to do a little more verifying, but it's really super easy. And I would encourage you guys to keep going down the route of a couple things. Number one, getting another house hack, do another house hack. And if you could put $3,500 down on another house and do another house hack, you'll have four units. That would just be phenomenal. At the same time, looking at building in another state where you're going to have property managers and really just getting a portfolio. I mean, shoot, in five years, if you guys work hard, I could see you guys at least getting to 10, maybe even 15 properties making close to, I don't know, five, $6,000 a month in passive income. If you guys keep working as hard, because you guys are hard workers for everybody listening. I want to say that you guys, I definitely know that you guys are hard worker. You'll definitely get it done. So if you just keep moving, keep working hard, I think you guys are going to do fantastic. So I'm really encouraged by you. And I hope everybody listening and watching this is absolutely encouraged because your story is testament that really, literally anybody can do this. Like I'm just a normal guy that's just figured out how to do this. And I want to share with everybody. You guys are great, normal people just like us. And so I really, really appreciate you guys. Do you have anything else to add before we jump off? 
I don't know. You just said to keep investing in duplexes and another house hack. And I just thought about, um, there's a property right next door that's identical to the one that we own and it's in a lot worse shape. And we have <laughs> talked endlessly about offering the owner of that a chunk of cash. And <laughs> like, let us take this off your hands because you don't <laughs> care about it. Obviously <laughs> so. you should, honestly, you literally should have you, do you have contact with the owner? Not no. yet. No, we haven't gotten that far, but we drive by it every time it's, we come home. And it's, <laughs> it's like I said, it's identical to the one that we're in, but it, it was updated 30 years ago, not 10 years ago. This would, so. this could be a great, great opportunity for you. So you need to find figure out who the owner is and then really just approach them and say, Hey, I'd love to, like, we just bought this one next door. We live in it and we see this one. We'd like to take care of it and fix it up. And we're investors too. And so we would actually get good tenants in there, take care of the tenants or whatever. I would absolutely wholeheartedly say do that because that gives you a leg up in my opinion, because you already know that it's a, uh, not so well run property. And those ones, usually the owners are like, man, I just want to get off my hands, reach out. The worst they could do is say no. And that's fine. Right. Then we just move on. Yeah. That might have yeah. to be the next move. So. <laughs> and so for financing for that one, there's so many other ways to finance everything from, if you wanted to use hard money to get an actual loan, like use the hard money. This is a vast strategy. We could definitely talk about this later, but use hard money to pay for the down payment, unless you guys have the down payment, but just basically get another loan. And because you guys have income now, you have income from the property, you have your own income. You probably could just get this with, if you are able to come up with a 20% down payment, hard money, private money, signature loans, lots of different ways to do it. And buy this one with a regular conventional loan. Then you get it rented out. Then you literally have four units, you living in one. That's another great amount of income. So there's so many different options out there. And I would say, as long as you start going towards it, then we can absolutely figure out how to get it paid for. Because if it's a good deal, it's a good deal. We're not going to let anything stop us. Yeah, yeah that would be amazing. <laughs> cool. Well, good, guys. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything about what you guys did and, and really inspiring. I'm, I'm inspired from hearing this. I'm like, man, if I would have heard this when I was younger, I would have literally would have done this, but I had no clue. I eventually figured this out, but I'm super excited for you guys. And I hope everything goes really well for your continued investing. You guys stay safe on the road, but I appreciate you guys being on. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us share. All right, guys, take care. Man, wasn't that a fantastic story? I know for me, it really encourages me as I see regular everyday people just normal people just like us invest and do this and be successful it is not hard it's simple in fact you can do this and i want to get you started remember get my real estate investing course completely for free masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course and i'll get that to you you guys are awesome i appreciate you being here with me i will see you guys next week see ya see ya